almost there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. I'm Jeremy Devins, and today I have a special guest, Heather Begun. Welcome. Hi. Thanks uh, for having me. Heather has been working with me for a couple of years now and in the astrology mentorship and the year two program now. And Heather is a medical professional, and I want to talk about something that affected a lot of medical professionals in the last couple of years. And uh, <laughs> Heather is brilliant insights, does really great work in our trainings and gives readings and does amazing work there. So we're going to go into some research, some live research uh, for everyone listening. I think it will be really cool. And uh, we both, I didn't give Heather much warning or preparation for this. Uh, so I appreciate your bravery and jumping in with me here. You're you're pushing me, Jeremy. This is good. <laughs> yeah, that is that's that's the goal, really. You know, to study astrology, like you got to kind of go outside your comfort zone and find things and do things like this. So we're going to be looking at a lot of charts. We'll look at uh, things affecting the United States, uh, past pandemics. And a lot of the people who have been very prominent in the whole discussion around COVID, because now Saturn just went retrograde, and it's this last little transition, uh, the last little transit back through COVID territory, essentially, before we move on in about five or six months. Uh, it'll be really still another five months after now when Saturn is like going fully forward, and then 2025 when we're out of Aquarius. So basically we've been in this like strong Saturn zone since 2020 mm -hmm. all the way to 2025. And I think right now there's a lot of energy in like mainstream or culture and, and places where there's more open debate and discussion and conversation about what happened in a sort of retrospective view, especially in the last week, it's been like picking up a lot. So I thought this would be a perfect time for us to do this from an astrological perspective. Yeah. It, yeah, things seem to definitely be uh, discussed a little bit more, as you said, from a retrospective perspective. <laughs> yeah, there's more kind of open channels to discuss it before uh, mm -hmm. so than before. So let's look at, first of all, uh, Parashar's Lights, the software I use and we use in the trainings and everything. And I'm sharing my screen here. For those of you watching the video, you'll see what I'm pointing to. And there's a lot of information on the screen if you've never seen this before. But the center is this big square, which is the birth chart of the United States. And I'm using the time of July 4th, or 1776 at 4.30 p.m. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we'll be referencing that. and some other uh, important dates, important people throughout the COVID experience since 2020. Uh, but first, <laughs> what I to do is, uh, is that the ascendant is Mula, and opposite of that, we have two planets in Ardra Nakshatra. So uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll go in a little bit here for anyone who's never seen the United States chart. Or, uh, what does this mean or how do you interpret all this? Well, we're talking about a country, so not just a person here. And having the Sagittarius Ascendant and the Mula Ascendant, Mula is the where the galactic center of the universe is. And the United States has been the center of 
politics in the world in a lot of ways since its formation. Uh, but it'll be really interesting as we look through the transits of Mula and Ardra, that, that axis, because that is a big factor in these major events that have happened like COVID. But uh, what would you say, knowing what you know about Mula and Sagittarius, uh, uh, how someone might interpret that of like, what do you make sense of that to mean about the United States? Well, I mean, just broadly, I think it's a country that pushes boundaries and is has a lot of fire and really is speaking. I feel like it's, um, I mean, I was, I was looking at some other aspects of it as well, but it's really, I feel like it's a transformational energy, um, just right out of the gate, just looking at it. Right. Yeah. So that's a, a big factor in this. So just looking at the date that COVID was declared a pandemic was March 11th, 2020. I actually do have the time on this, so I can use the North Indian chart. Um, but mm -hmm. as we see, uh, it's Gemini. So it's Rahu and Ardra, Ketu and Mula. And that is the big trigger that I've seen through COVID and 9-11, also had uh, Rahu and Ardra, K2 and Mula. The AIDS epidemic had Rahu and Ardra, K2 and Parvashada. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Spanish flu had K2 and Ardra, Rahu and Mula, so it's flipped there, the, the Spanish flu epidemic. Mm -hmm. So- That's uh, interesting. Yeah, there's something I've talked about a little bit in the past, uh, in, the, in the 2020 episodes, but uh, I'll share I'll share kind of my thoughts on this, but I'm curious just what, what you think about seeing that pattern there. Well, it, I, to me, the first thing I think about is with Rahu and K2, you know, K2 uh, with the ascendant of Mula, it's, I feel like, if you think about COVID or 9-11, I feel like it really is taking away, it's shutting down the the US and shutting down that forward movement that it usually has and really creating so much change in the culture with the Rahu and Ardra um, and a difficult time that will birth through a new way eventually. Right, totally. So like if we look at, um the U.S. chart, and then I pull up the transits. So on the right side of the screen, those watching, you'll be able to see just what Heather's talking about. If we go to uh, several to go for a while here. Oh, actually, no, it's right there. Sorry. Uh, but if I look at just the um, the transit of 2020 over the mm -hmm. US chart, almost there. June, May, April to March. All right, so just like Heather's pointing to, when they have that transit, so K2 ends up in Sagittarius over the first house. And whenever there's K2 over the first house for an individual, that can be a transformative time where in a way you kind of have to lose yourself uh, and find yourself again 
And, and it's an 18 year cycle when that happens for an individual. It's an 18 year cycle when it happens for a country or 18, um, excuse me, 18 month cycle for an individual, 18 month cycle for the country. And um, that, yeah, I mean, so that is a huge trigger of the US kind of losing itself and needing to find itself as a country. And the same thing happened again during AIDS epidemic, 9-11, Spanish flu. Uh, Spanish flu was flipped though. Just the same energies. So yeah, when K2 is over the first house, there there can be a highly spiritualizing effect to that. So the negative side is a lot of loss, loss of identity, a loss of home, loss of country, loss of fortune, uh, loss of travel, because K2 affects the fifth and ninth houses of fortune and travel. Um, so that and it's very disorienting for individuals. And obviously, if you think about COVID or 9-11, it was very disorienting for our country. Right, right. Yeah, so every 18 years, basically, that happens. Uh, and that's going to happen again in like 15 years from now. So um, that is just part of the cycle. And it's a, it's a clear pattern, and it makes a lot more sense when you put it in the perspective with the other events too. I think. Mm-hmm. And then and you look at Saturn. Saturn, yeah. So like you know, Saturn, and that is something I'll look at with the. Um, this will be a fun chart. The Black Plague. <laughs> Everything in Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Sorry. restriction. <laughs> Sorry to our Capricorn listeners, but <laughs> no, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> we need you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this kind of thing happened a few times during the the 2020 21 lockdowns, where there was a big stellium in Capricorn, uh, and the Black Plague was a long. It was several years, so this is not the whole thing, but there was a lot of periods in there where there's a lot of clusters in Capricorn too, which mm-hmm. Capricorn represents restrictions, government control, restraints. Uh, it can put a lot of emphasis on elderly populations because it represents old people as well. And then with uh, COVID specifically, I don't have this chart up right now, but um, when, so Saturn and Pluto were conjunct, you see Pluto's at zero degrees, 22 minutes in Capricorn during the beginning of uh, COVID, starting about a 20 year cycle there. So Saturn and Pluto together in Capricorn, like changing the structures of the United States, which also is a Pluto return for the United States, because as we see in the mm-hmm. US birth chart, Pluto's in Capricorn. Uh, so just on top of layers of layers that there is this um, lot of big things happening in 2020 to indicate like major change for the US. And when the US, how it affects the world, uh, and all those things also affecting the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also, uh, one more thing was like the, the Mars-Jupiter-Saturn conjunction happened uh, early in COVID too, which I don't have that date on here, but Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn was considered in old text the actual cause of the Black Plague. Like not uh, astrology, uh, but people called it the cause of the, like we saw those planets conjoin and 
they said that was the reason the plague started. Hmm. And also, isn't is it Mars and Jupiter that can bring war as well? Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. What's interesting is I know you pulled up the March date, but as someone in the medical field, we heard about COVID in the end of December, and then uh, in January, I think it was the first U.S. case in Seattle or out in that way. And so it's interesting that we, you know, we kind of knew about it. Everything was shut down in March, but from a medical perspective, we were aware and we were we were discussing it every week, um, starting in January. January, okay. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the shutdowns really started in March, which is, you know, a, that's when most people became really aware of the significance of it. Right. Yeah, I use that date because that was when it was officially declared a pandemic. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what, you know, what dates you use for that. <laughs> right. Um, so, but yeah, it's, you know, around this time, it's, uh, it's still not quite, you know, that's, that's where I looked at, like, the 9-11 attacks, that was the, you know, I put the time that the first plane hit. Yeah. For COVID, I put the declaration in the pandemic. I think I did the same with the Spanish flu and AIDS. Like when it was basically, and the government says, like, okay, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And that's when it's that, that, co that coinciding dates. It's almost like a Dasha, you know, it's warming up. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's coming. <laughs> yes. Right, and that's such a common thing with dashas. Like people will be a year before the next dasha, but they make a lot of those changes in that year before, because like, the dashas are so long. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's yeah. that's similar with transits. It's like there's things are ramping up before it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, just as you said that too, like the the war thing too, uh, Mars Jupiter aspect during the nine eleven attacks indicating a war mm -hmm. and uh mars jupiter conjunction with saturn and pluto and covid indicating that you know it was kind of it was called the invisible war at the beginning just a short time people were calling it that in the news uh, so there's that kind of war energy there too well it's also with all the conflict cultural conflict that happens um right. it is it was like warring sides of how to manage it and how to proceed and people being angry about the shutdown, wearing masks, et cetera. There was a lot of that fiery energy everywhere. It was palpable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Culture wars is the word. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And then here we are now today, as I'm recording this June 22nd, Saturn just went retrograde in Aquarius. And so basically we've been in Saturn ruled energy since 2020 and, and all the way till 2025. So I think that's why now is a, a good time to be looking back over it because we don't have, we have maybe, um, yeah. I, I, so basically because the, the emergency was officially ended, I think just a couple months ago in the mm -hmm. US, uh, now we're, we're going back over that last bit of like we were in the pandemic. And after this, in about a year, we'll be fully out of any time that we were in a pandemic. So this, so 
it's still like a good time to like be reviewing, looking back over things. And then, and I've I've noticed in the news they're talking about um, the source of COVID again. I've seen that a lot coming out. Um, looking at there is a you know the U.S. involvement in the lab and the virus coming out of the lab and the first person in November, I think, of 2019 getting sick in China. And yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about it again, which I thought was interesting with Saturn going retrograde. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like, I, I've been, I love doing research. That's why I get so into this and astrology, but throughout all that stuff that was happening, I was like, everything that was coming out, I was reading all of it. I was like, constantly watching all this stuff happening, not just like the mainstream news, but also like, what are the articles being published? Why are they making these decisions? What, what is their source of this? And, um, and then I realized later, like not everyone else had the time or energy or desire to do all that. Uh, <laughs> And I kind of assumed like everyone knew all that stuff was happening, but then I was kind of surprised to see how divided people were and how much it became so politicized and so much about left and right wing or um, rather than just what is the data, what's going to serve the most people, how do like it's a health crisis, how do we keep people healthy? So it was very strange when it became like shutting down gyms and schools and uh, a lot of the things that were uh, the policy did not match the actual research that I was seeing and like from the, mm -hmm. you know, following scientists and the doctors who were doing the research. Um, and then seeing also the conflict of interest and all that. But to me, all that just kept pointing to it's like it's Saturn and Capricorn. It's like nobody's going to overpower it. It's so strong. It's like the government is firmly in control, but also that it's a Pluto return in Capricorn that the all this stuff is like not going to work in the future. Like the government has got to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being from the ground up, like being shaken and it can't just keep going as it has for 246 years. Yeah. I think it's interesting because to me, looking back, there was a there was a lack of transparency and a lot of fear, which is a bad combination, in my opinion. Right. And I think about the U.S. moon being in Aquarius, and I always feel like individuals who have moon in Aquarius sometimes can have some distance or be hard to read. You know, they have emotional feelings, emotional responses inside, but on the outside, it's hard for people to read what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And I, I think that's very representative of what was happening culturally in our country um, during this crisis. Right. And then interesting how the U.S. has Rahu and Mercury in the eighth house of secrets and mysteries. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of, and Rahu is a shadow graha, so it puts this sort of fog over the secrets of the country. And we have all these organizations that are entirely dependent on secrecy, like the CIA and the FBI. And, you know, mm -hmm. So there is a lot of that energy of what the U.S. is, that there is secrets, there's mysteries and things that are hidden and unknown. And people can feel that. And, you know, it's there is that lack of transparency and it creates a lack of trust and now the biggest thing to me was like 
looking at things like Twitter, which is so instant, anybody can get on there and just post something. And there was doctors, there's people at hospitals, and they'd say on the news, like the hospital's full, and then somebody would be at that hospital on Twitter live and show you it's empty. And it's like, what's going on here? You know, it's just, it's so strange. And then that, that post would be removed and like erased from the internet within minutes. Uh, so I was like staying on top of a lot of things like this from like doctors and people just like mm -hmm. challenging what was coming out of the news. And then it was erased. And then people were like, no, nobody's erasing it. That's just conspiracy or whatever. Um, but now since in the last year, uh, since Twitter has changed a lot, that stuff has come to light. Like, yes, there was censorship from the government, and now there's less of that, if any. So it feels like there's actually a space where people can really talk about it now, which is a big change for the U.S. And mm -hmm. um, it's like, it's part of me is sensing that there might be like a new government or new constitution at some point in the next like 15 years during this Pluto transit because it would it would mean like a big change to like this Rahu and eighth house energy that the U.S. has had uh, so I don't, that's just something that's like it seems like the U.S. needs to change a lot in the next in this cycle of Pluto and Capricorn yeah I mean Pluto's revolutionary right um but it is interesting you say that because I there was a definitely a day where I was working. Um, I work in pediatrics and I was in the hospital and every several times a week we would three times a week we did a big multidisciplinary meeting and we had bed counts. How many beds do we have? How many critical care beds we have during COVID? And uh, there was a lot of fear going on about children dying from COVID or could they die from COVID and all of this. And anyway, long story short, we had beds available. And later that day, a judge came out and said there are no pediatric IC beds in all of the metro area where I live. And it was all over the news. And then I, I said, I understand we have five beds. Why are they saying that? You know, and it's just, it was just so interesting to me. And it was very frustrating at that time, but I look back at it and you know, it was just par for the course for all this misinformation that was happening. Right. And I know there's people, I've talked to other medical professionals who were in intense situations and there were places that were overloaded. Of course. I don't want to discredit anybody who had that experience and like so grateful for those people who went through that, um, yourself included in, in your way too. But, um, but yeah, it's, just the need for like transparency was so important. Mm -hmm. I think part of the energy of the transit was um, for Pluto to kind of, Pluto represents the unconscious and the hidden and the shadow and then the ego. So it's basically the, the US has been pretty arrogant for a while. And now it's been shaken up to where it's like, it's not so, uh it's not it's not really so powerful and strong and like there's all this stuff underneath and stuff that's more exposed now and it's easier to access that and easier to see it now and that was i think that whole thing of for whatever reason whatever reason it happened the way it did it's created a massive distrust in government mm -hmm. and leadership and big tech and big pharma and all that uh that 
now requires some sort of repair or new direction or change or something. Pluto is shaken up. Mm -hmm. Does a question for you, does Pluto represent fear? I mean, you know, where does all of that intense fear come from in, or where can you see it in the chart? Well, that's primarily Saturn and Capricorn. Uh, but then you add Pluto to it and it brings in the deep unconscious mm -hmm. fear. And yeah, I mean, I think fear was the predominant emotion for the U.S. for like six months there. Um, wouldn't that make sense again? Saturn and Capricorn, Pluto, yeah. Mars. Was there. Yeah. And then Jupiter was there debilitated. So the sense of hope squashed. And K2 over the ascendant. So that disorientation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the Rahu in the seventh and the seventh is like the other and putting all the energy on the other and what do they need? You know, like when and we look at individual charts, Rahu in the seventh, K2 in the first can indicate somebody who is highly focused on relationships, uh, often to the extent of like not as prioritizing or caring for themselves at the negative side of it. But uh, Rahu in seventh in general is like a strong emphasis on others and what does the other person need or say or want. So then we had that for the U.S. of uh less of attention or energy or support for the self and more focus on the other and relationships and so much of the the rhetoric was like you know you wear the mask for someone else you don't wear it mm -hmm. for yourself uh you stay inside for other people to protect others it's not it's not mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. and everyone just kind of like waiting even me it's like i was totally sucked into that at times it's just like waiting for like the next update or the news of like what's happening next or what do you know can i go to the gym now <laughs> yeah and then with so many areas handling it differently and just adding to all of that confusion right yeah it's fascinating but uh, yeah i mean the biggest thing i was picking up like throughout it was just like the Capricorn energy was just ruling everything. There were several stelliums. Several times there were stelliums in Capricorn and and Jupiter debilitated there. So it just really it's pretty intense. Um, then we did have Rahu go into Taurus a little later, which was interesting because as Rahu uh, in Taurus, like finances, the bull, and we had a, a brief bull market in the stocks and uh, all of these amazing uh, deals and everything in the economy, which also is a thing talked about before, like when Jupiter is in Capricorn, there can be uh, a lot of surprising deals and opportunities. Mm. And that happened. So there was like that that time where it seemed like kind of hopeful for a lot of people, I think, of like, oh, it's well, it kind of sucks, but uh, like, the stocks started doing really well. The housing market mm -hmm. did really well. It's a good time to buy a house. Um, if, you know, for anybody who had the means and resources to do that too. Bitcoin and yeah, all of that. Yeah. And then Rahu got out of Taurus and all that changed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. And we're living through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
that's you know some of the high level stuff of us and covid and I want to look at some of the people who were kind of big players in all this. And first of all, Bill Gates was front and center for a lot of this. I do have his birth time, so we can do the North Indian chart. And I remember watching like one of the first interviews, maybe a couple of weeks into the whole thing. And he was being interviewed by the creator of TED Talks. And he asked him, is a live thing on YouTube? He asked him, like, what can people do right now? People are locked down. They're scared. They don't know what to do. And he said, uh, he said, basically, the best thing you can do is just stay inside. That mm. was his, that was it. <laughs> just stay inside. You know, we're working on a vaccine. And then once that's out, you know, I think we can be out of this thing. It was so strange. It was like, we're in a health crisis. <laughs> And you're telling everybody just stay indoors. And you know, I've been working in health like my whole life. So it's like get sunlight, exercise, sleep, water, like these yeah. are all three things. It's like nobody and the CDC didn't put out any advisement about that. It was just basically social distance. Oh, that was the other thing Bill Gates said. You know, stay six feet apart, wear a mask, stay inside. Yeah. <laughs> And and other countries did, you know, encourage people to get out in a very regimented way, but um, he was not saying, I think it's interesting looking at his chart that he says that he has Rahu in his sixth house. Um, he's got all of this energy in his fourth house. I feel like he's, you know, I think of him buying up farmlands and he's telling people to stay inside and he's all into vaccines and um, he has a lot of energy there with his Mars, Mercury and his Rahu in the sixth. And he started as Mars Dasha in 2019. And, mm. Oh, yeah, um, look at that. Yeah, and it's Mars in the fourth house where it's directionally weak. So he's gone through a divorce in this transit, in this Dasha. Um, so it's not, it's, it's uh, a big factor to create fights and conflict in the home, personally, um, but also uh, I think for him, like in the public eye, it's he was very much maligned by anybody with uh, uh, any sort of counter perspective. Yes, yes, yeah. And he was very, you know, he has a big platform. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at all his fifth house stuff, but yeah, I find it, and it's interesting that his Rahu is in, you know, Scorpio and. I just think there's a lot of energy into him trying to figure out how to manage health. And I don't like, it's almost as if he's learning about it on a soul level. He's learning yeah. about how to do it. And um, he's, I think we talked about like his son is in Swati, so he can, which is ruled by Rahu. So it can be a little blinding sometimes, I think. Right. Right. Yeah, it's that's exactly it. It's like talking about an individual's K2 is like your past life. You have that coming in, but you're here to really focus on where Rahu is and learn a lot there. And for him, it's a sixth house of health uh, and wellness, but also like daily routines, also enemies. And mm -hmm. you had that Scorpio and Jeshta, and it's like a lot of uh shadowy stuff there which kind of came out in like 2000 when he had that big trial and antitrust lawsuit and uh 
he basically like fired a co-founder of Microsoft when he had some sort of, I think, cancer or something like that. It's a lot of like kind of shrewd business stuff. And, but like you say, like the shadow around health, but also this obsession around it. And then mm -hmm. it's in Scorpio and it's really intense and there's ups and downs. And he's been very much focused there, but still like in some ways doesn't see it clearly wherever Rahu is. Like we don't always see that area clearly. And then you add that that's ruled by Mars and Virgo. So there's like a highly um, analytical, very competitive, like he's a highly competitive person and uh, very, very technical, like Mars and Mercury and Virgo. Like just obviously like he's, he's a genius, you know, he's computer mm -hmm. genius at a young age. Mercury exalted with Mars there. It's you know, really, really smart. Uh, but then you add the Rahu around health. And that's where I think he like, I mean, he couldn't even keep a virus off of windows, like the joke about. <laughs> well, and I think it's just all the illusion, right? So Rahu represents the illusion of this world and it, um, I always think of Vegas, like no offense to anybody who likes Vegas, but Vegas is, you know, like all the stuff, all the addictions, potential addictions for some people. And I, I think it kind of represents Rahu as like everything to the extreme. And right. um, yeah, and I, I, I wonder with his K2 in the 12th and he's got his moon in Pisces, like I wonder if he gets kind of lost in his emotional uh, compass sometimes. Um, you, he could potentially really be guided by have a spiritual understanding, a knowing from a you know his past life to guide him. But I almost feel like it's it's kind of lost somewhere. It can be hard to pinpoint. Right. Yeah, I don't sense a strong like spiritual drive right. or interest in him. But he does like he does enjoy time in solitude, I understand. Like he goes off uh, in some sort of a remote place he has. So there is like some comfort and like familiarity there. Like, I think like every mm -hmm. year he goes to some cabin in the middle of nowhere that he has. Um, well, and but, I also think it's interesting. He he was quietly for a long time buying up a lot of the farmland, and he still is. It's more known now, but it's that secretive aspect, and he's got that energy in the fourth house, which I think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's you know realist. You know, can be realist your land and um, your home, and he's he's into GMOs and you know buying up these farms. So. Again, it feels like a very scientific, heady way to look at it, not um, looking at it from a natural nature perspective. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's also a genius about land and property mm -hmm. in the fourth house stuff. But yeah, it's very heady. And I think he can lack the, the heart and the humanity of it. We don't like he's putting this uh, appeal stuff on all the fruit now, and it's like he doesn't have nobody mm -hmm. has to label it, it's just like, like coating he puts on fruit to make it look fresh. Um, he's like very smart, like he's got all these patents and ideas, and he's very cle that's clever. It's good, like a, he's probably going to find a way to make millions of dollars off of that, but it's 
not is that really healthy i, I don't want to eat that <laughs> i don't want to eat it either <laughs> yeah but yeah. you know also i don't want to spend too much time here but you know you might, people might be wondering like well why is he so successful and so influential well this mars moon relationship is called the chandra mangala yoga and it's over his home and his career uh, so that Mars Moon relationship indicates massive success. That's one factor. Jupiter and Leo, very, very well placed uh, to be in some sort of leadership authority position. Uh, Saturn exalted, Venus its own sign, but Sun is debilitated there. So I think that he has a kind of meek presentation and like always moving his hands and like looking around and um and is gemini rising ruled by the mercury like i think he knows exactly what he's doing all the time and i i basically you know my own opinion just don't trust anything he says it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like because he's gemini like he's he literally is like he will not turn his head certain direction in interviews like if you watch him in interviews like he will not like show you the other side of his face sometimes <laughs> oh i've never noticed that that's weird but listen don't knock the gemini's i'm gemini rising in the same ascendant so <laughs> yeah i get it i have a lot of gemini too but but he literally is two-faced in that sense yeah. yeah 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 and he'll like smile when he like I think we might see like hundreds of thousands of deaths and he like giggles it's like his, i know it's creepy so weird yeah 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 yeah. because uh, there's you know there's stuff like he's thinking about something else or something like he knows something he's not telling people mm -hmm. um so other on the other side uh of the, of the aisle was dr john campbell which i don't know if you have you heard of him I've I've heard of him a little bit. I know I believe he's a nurse uh, in England, and he does a lot of YouTube videos and tries to be, you know, tries to show evidence for what he's talking about in his videos. But I haven't followed him in detail. Yeah, I didn't follow him super close, but I was just kind of checking out his stuff a lot throughout. He was basically the most sober person who was consistently talking about all the research and all of the new policies. And he would literally just pull up the full paper or the, the mm -hmm. main point, like, okay, here's why they said this, here's why this policy changed, or, and here's why I disagree with this choice, or here's why I agree with it. Um, it, was, it was really nice. It was kind of like a Mr. Rogers of medicine, it seemed like. <laughs> Trying to make it digestible for people, I think. Yeah, and just like neutral. Just, this is the data. Here's what it shows. Um, so yeah, we don't have his birth time, so we don't know too much. But he does have uh, Venus in Ardra, Venus in Gemini, mm. place. So he's a kind of like a a sweet, caring, kind of loving energy around this Ardra, like transformation and change energy we're all we're all going through mm -hmm. uh, he also has mars and virgo so he had that sort of that's a very rational scientific kind of perspective but mercury and leo so still somewhat similar like he's very intelligent but 
Um, but then he has Rahu and Pisces, which is a very different kind of energy, which is, I think, less, uh, like, he, he just doesn't seem to have any ego or pride or, like, he's trying to prove anything mm. to anybody, which is nice for a scientist. Yeah, and his son's in cancer, so he's pushes, so he's thinking of, well, we don't know exactly, but, um, you know, kind of caring for others, like, really thinking of the masses, I feel like. Um, yeah. like you said, not himself or not his success as much service minded. Yeah. Yeah. So then there was, once you bring up, um, this? Oh, that was the COVID that you said. Uh, there was a lot of like political or, or TV show hosts and stuff I looked at too, but we don't need to go so far with those. Like Anderson Cooper is like, uh, mm. you know, pretty influential uh, and very much sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of those, but an interesting thing that I found in looking at all these different people was almost everybody had something in Swati that was highly involved. Like Anthony Fauci is probably an important person to talk about too. He's very, mm. we don't have his birth time either, but uh, possibly Moon and Swati. Um, but Swati, as you mentioned, ruled by Rahu and Rahu giving that sort of passioned energy to address this issue, which is, not the most obvious interpretation of Swati. Swati can be like a blade of grass swaying in the wind, can be very adaptable in a birth chart. Mm -hmm. But all these people who were vocal and involved in this uh, kind of culture war about it had some sort of Swati placement. So that was an interesting kind of finding in, in looking at this. Well, it's interesting. He and um, Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates both have a lot of well i don't know about his ascendant but his rahu's in hasta and so is bill gates mercury and mars i believe it was mercury and mars in his yeah. fourth house so yeah. i think of like getting your hands dirty you know um and thinking about the world and kind of getting in there and um i, I think that's very interesting just looking for um the next thing for the world or themselves or some kind of meaning or destiny. Um, right. Yes. And there was a lot of Ashwini energy I noticed too for, some, for people uh, like Anderson Cooper, Anthony Fauci, Rahu and Ashwini, Jupiter and Ashwini. Uh, Ashwini is a healing energy too. It's focused on health and healing. Uh, it's also very initiative energy, like, okay, what direction do we go? The Ashwini energy will lead. It's the first nakshatra. First nakshatra. Um, and then we see, like, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is recently in the news more. He's always been, uh, in the recent last, like, 20 years or so, very skeptical about vaccines and government policies and stuff. And he has Saturn and Swati. Uh, so he also has that Swati energy. And he has a lot of stuff in Capricorn. Uh, 
So I think he understands structures really well. Uh, I don't agree with everything he says, but I tend to lean personally a little more towards what he, his thoughts are basically just like, let's talk about it. Let's question it. Let's not just say the science is settled and move on, but let's keep trying to understand why autism is going up and um, vaccines are going up. Like the, the sort of schedule for children has gone up and up and up. So I think it's worth questioning all that. And he has been someone who stood out in that conversation, especially recently. Uh, but I think it's interesting. He has Rahu and Capricorn and K2 and Cancer. Um, I think he, I think it shows like he understands structures and uh, knows like kind of the inner workings are, can see through things. And he has Saturn, Saturn exalted too. So his sense of structures is like supportive to uh, others. It's like relational energy around how he wants to use those structures. And that's ruling over all those other planets. My thoughts. Um, oh, sorry. In um, Capricorn, RFK is a lot of energy in a Taurus shadow, which can be fierce for their passion and their truth. <clears throat> and I've seen other activists with a lot of this energy as well and different causes, but that same kind of fierceness and loyalty to their cause. And sometimes not afraid to make stir. A lot of people get stirred up by what they say, but they have such a commitment and strength to what they're saying that it doesn't you know, push them off their path. Right. That's a great read on that. And then, uh, so part of what made me want to do this too is what happened the last week was mm -hmm. RFK did that interview on Joe Rogan's podcast. And then Peter Hotez said, uh, basically a more neo-fascist propaganda from the mm -hmm. anti-vaxxers. And then Joe Rogan said, well, if there's anything you thought he said was wrong, come on the show and debate him. And then Peter Rotez is just like not responded or he said he would he would come on only by himself, but he won't debate. And it's, he doesn't want to give credit, credence to conspiracy theories. Um, and Peter was somebody very vocal and throughout the pandemic saying, basically, we need to do this and suggesting a lot of things for the which people should do. Uh, he also has Rahu and Swati. So, so the biggest comment for all these people is the Swati. What were you going to say? And the Saturns and Mula. And um, yeah, again, it's, um, if it's K, you know, his K2 with his son to, um, I don't know. I just feel like he's, there's a lack of transparency to him. And I don't know if that's coming from K2 with the sun or, um, you know, again, the Swati kind of getting so fixated on his cause, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know too much about him. I've just seen what he's been saying with Joe Rogan in the yeah. last week. 
Yeah, and he has Mercury and Venus and Pisces. So Mercury is debilitated, Venus is exalted. And just looking at, like, I didn't know too much about him before either, but I was looking at him more in the last week and like looking at what he has to say and his stuff. Um, he, like Mercury and Pisces, it's, I have that too. Like, I certainly struggle with being like shy and speaking up, but I've done a lot of work on that to be able to like use my voice a lot. But I can understand like his, I think he would do horrible in a debate, basically. <laughs> uh, looking at his charts, like K2 and Sun, like he lacks the confidence. Mercury debilitated with Venus, like he just wants to be like a nice guy. Uh, regardless of his opinions or his data or whatever, like just as an individual, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he would like even a, like something totally neutral. You know, like is the sky blue? I think he would struggle in that debate. You know, <laughs> I think he wants to be well liked more than a nice guy. That's the, I think so. Uh, Saturn's debilitated. You know, it's it's um, basically I think that 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 can lead to a sort of fear and anxiety. I I just don't see him ever accepting that. Um, but I think he, I think in his mind, like he is doing the best thing and he really means well. And he's like trying to mm -hmm. like, trying to be nice, trying to feel. And like, he's rather than respond yes or no, he just keeps posting all these like sort of endorsements from like mainstream people or publications like backing him up and like saying they're attacking me, they're piling on. <laughs> he feels overwhelmed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was the articles that I saw that he was just, you know, being attacked and he felt threatened. And he didn't he say he was getting death threats or something? And um, I, I don't know the details again, but um, Joe Rogan's chart, which I don't have the time either, but he also has he has two planets in Swati, uh, and he's been pretty vocal about pandemic stuff throughout too, pretty influential too about it. Um, but he has so much Cancer energy, and I, you know, I initially had no interest in like listening to his shows, like oh the Fear Factor guy, just like some bro. Um, <laughs> But and I started listening to him a few years ago, just kind of some of his interviews. And he's basically a really good interviewer. Like he's good at listening mm -hmm. and asking questions and not stepping on people and respecting their opinions and stuff. Also not being a pushover. 
so I think like that all that cancer energy like you know it's there's a sort of warmth to him that uh, I, I think if they ever actually did do a debate like he would be he would certainly have his opinion but I think he can set it down enough to like hear someone out and if they have a good opinion like to hear it or if they have research you to hear it you know and I think he's with Rahu and Ashwini I think um maybe his ability to stand out and to have those conversations has improved over time because I think when he started this I think it was 2009 or something or it was a long was it yeah I, I think I saw a thing was 2009 that he started his podcast um so it's been a long time and I I agree I think a lot of people I include included myself in that oh the fear factor guy what is he doing I thought he was just this guy who's trying to be a comedian then he did fear factor and I don't know is but he's really gained a lot through the pandemic as well in terms of credibility and being a good interviewer he's a great interviewer yeah yeah and so I like, think he's gained a lot of strength in that is what I'm saying with Ashwini. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, the Rahu and Aries, um, it can be like unrefined at a younger age too. Uh, mm -hmm. And it just, he was just focused on like martial arts. And, you know, it's it's so crazy to watch his early videos. It's a totally different person. Mm -hmm. His head's mm -hmm. head changed shape and everything. <laughs> his whole body, like he just looks different. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, don't have his birth time though that might help understand that that part more but uh so yeah it's but he but interesting his k2s in swati so maybe he was more opinionated when he was younger um and i wonder if he's learned to be a better listener to really be at the forefront of asking questions and being a leader instead of being so narrow-minded about something right and then have russell brand who's also been more on the conspiracy side questioning things he doesn't have anything in swati um he has rahu and anirada very devoted passionate energy and scorpio about like you know he is probably more than anyone the most like um, famous successful person to like directly address a lot of the conspiracy theories and secrets and all that which is perfect for him with Rahu and Anurada and Scorpio mm -hmm. um, I haven't followed him much um didn't he have to jump off some platform and go to another one uh he almost got kicked off YouTube a few times oh okay a lot of uh, I was following that like he was verbatim quoting things from the CDC but they were not like basically sanctioned that week <laughs> I can't say that that was, was last week's news but you can't say that this week <laughs> it was actually more like next year's news it was like things that were in the research of like the the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. That was in the research from the beginning. It was like, mm -hmm. it wasn't in the news until like a year later. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But he has Jupiter and Revity. 
so, you know, very positive, um, benefic kind of energy, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Venus and Cancer and Prussia is like, there's like a caring mm -hmm. warmth there um, that Bill Gates doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there's a lot of warmth there and a lot of caring. Um, and his K2 is in Critica. So I think that maybe his critical thinking and his um, critical mind, maybe he had that in the past and he's here to kind of come from a different place now, um, mm -hmm. be more transformational and benevolent. And then his Mercury and Rigashira, I mean, I I, can, I have like on my Gemini energy, I can keep up with him and he's talking, but it still like tires me out mentally. <laughs> I have to, I haven't watched him. Oh, he's just, he talks extremely fast and uses a lot of uh, big words basically, which is it's just fine, but it's like, it's so verbose, you know? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he might have his Mercury Moon, some probably in Pisces somewhere, but maybe Tara Badra, which is a great speaker, great orator. Uh, Mars there too, also good for speaking ability. And Mars in Pisces is a good energy, uh, good place for Mars to be, where it can be um, kind of competitive in a spiritual way, which I think fits him. And kind of fuels that Jupiter, I feel like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he has an interesting story in a way because he was a drug addict, just a total mess, and then got clean and became very disciplined, very much into yoga and spirituality, and then started doing some political videos like 10, 11 years ago or something out of passion for it, and then stopped. And then COVID came around and he picked that back up. Mm. So it's it's kind of a interesting story. Might do like a deeper dive on him sometime. Yeah, that would be interesting with his Rahu in Scorpio and Anurata. It's not surprising that he kind of dove deep to a dark place and then came out of it. Yeah. And he's not afraid to go there. So right. even with the coat, like he's not afraid to dive deep into the secrets of things. Right. And then there's Elon Musk's chart. He doesn't have any Swati. And uh, all that Anurata, though. He's got Jupiter there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he is uh, um, Sun and Mercury in Gemini, which is like, seems like his main drive in life at this point is to find good memes. If you follow him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it gives him that very, um, I don't know. He has kind of a robotic yes. look to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, I think his moon is in Leo. That's probably right. This time might be right. That I have 241. But you would be a better community 
communicator in person. I think he's a great communicator online and Twitter has really found his niche niche there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and look at his Rahu. I mean, he, I think of that, is it, how do you say it? Shravana? Is that it? Yeah. Um, I feel like that nakshatra, they need a lot of quiet and alone time. You know, it's the ear, right? So I feel like they can listen and they need quiet and they need to really take information in and inside they may have a lot of ideas and anxiety and but they need that time. And I feel like that kind of fits him, you know? Yeah. Like to, to have all those ideas and reflect on that. Um, and I, I feel like with his approach and his presentation during COVID, he wasn't, he's not someone who's out there yelling and screaming. He's just making a statement, you know, just saying something. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like he was mostly just focused on keeping his work going from what I've heard listen to a lot of his interviews and deep on Twitter like his main reason to buy it was because mm-hmm. become kind of overrun with censorship from anybody who didn't agree with essentially the San Francisco politics mm-hmm. and, uh, so there's a very pragmatic I think attitude in him with this Rahu mm-hmm. and Mars and Capricorn where he's just like well, we got to get to Mars sometime, so somebody's got to start doing that. <laughs> so why not me? <laughs> yeah. And then Sun and Ardra, I think he, he can just basically see there's going to be challenges and just persevere and just figure it out. And uh, he has that kind of, uh, let's just start another business and just figure it out kind of attitude. And he, he's surprisingly very successful with all of it still. Uh, and all of the, you know, um, failures that he's had, yeah, you know, he, he it just doesn't, fa- it doesn't appear to phase him. He's just, that's part of the deal. He just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I have to see like his birth time to know for sure, like what, what it is, but he, he does have like such a strong, it, just his affect in general is kind of robotic. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I know he's diagnosed with autism. Um, and he he doesn't really try to be different than he is, and he, the way he is is like you think he should be more like a showman or charismatic when he talks or something, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think that the biggest thing I see leading to that is like just the K two and cancer. It's like the warmth and sweet part is like not really what he's driven by. It's more like the Rahu and Capricorn, and he's driven more towards that and and to a fault at times. Like, I, I think from what I understand, he has multiple kids from multiple women and it's not, I, I don't know how he could ever have time for all the things he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, guessing that makes sense. in the home. It'd be interesting, I wish we had his time, but um, yeah, it makes sense to have K2 there. Like he doesn't, he's kind of in a past life was came from a very empathetic place and very emotional place and doesn't have the need to fulfill that here. Yeah. I mean, it's all about balance. So he's got a, you know, the mission for all of us is to find balance with all of this, but it's, it's interesting to see all of these charts and they have different things that drive them. And 
you know, for the, for this, it was COVID and for other people, it could be another cause, but, um, it, you know, I wonder what, it'd be interesting to kind of investigate and research what the link was, why COVID became the subject for them to be a voice for, because there's people out there during COVID who are advocating for other things too. Yes, totally. Yeah, and yeah, there's other people who I didn't pull up charts, people I don't know about. There's, there's, you know, there's tons of people I did follow at times and not we're not looking at here, but I think these are some of the most like visible um, talked mm -hmm. about people and throughout the whole thing and, and very influential in a lot of it. And yeah, each one kind of has their own perspective and things. And, and that's the kind of thing I always come back to with all these charts is like uh, everyone has their own unique strengths and weaknesses. And hopefully for people listening, you just kind of get some perspective of uh, not seeing things maybe so black and white or polarized as it gets with these topics sometimes. And, um, you know, people have their shadow side and their light side and everyone's hopefully trying to do their best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah just I'm give just... Some... go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Just give some perspective on kind of what happened and who was involved. Yeah. I, I just, um, I just find it interesting. Like, you know, if you think about RFK's chart and, you know, he had all that energy in Atara Shada, like he was going to be an advocate for something. He was going to be an activist for something. It's just, which topic was it? And he, from the beginning has been around uh, transparency about vaccines and side effects and, um, you know, so you just, I just, that's the kind of thing I, I find fascinating. Like how did that subject get attached to him? Um, and is there any indication in the chart for that? I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's it's a little limited what we can see without the birth times, but we can see some of the high level stuff. And, you know, this topic will come and go and there'll be another one and these people will kind of latch on to that next topic. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, some of them will for sure, like Joe Rogan, who just talks about everything. And then, um, you know, Anthony Fauci, I don't know. What is he doing now? Uh, I haven't seen him in the media yeah, I don't too know. much. Yeah, I haven't looked him up, but. Probably got a lot of money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, but his sons in Mula kind of um I think that's interesting with the US, you know, thinking about the US chart. Yeah. And he's kind of uh very much in the spotlight for the US and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Time. Kind of the the one everybody associated with it for the government. Yeah. But, you know, That's Jupiter not Queenie, like I think very much, very genuinely, like got into medicine, wants to help people. But from what I understand, like it's you know, it's not uh, incorruptible. 
and some a lot of questionable stuff about his history, but but still, I think Jupiter and Ashwini, like I think he genuinely wants got into medicine to help people and can and has helped a lot of people. Uh, and I think stuff. that's what people have lost sight of with this culture war is that I think most people there are exceptions, of course, but I think all of these people are trying to help. They're trying to shed light on something that they feel is in the best service of most people. Um, again, there are exceptions, but, and I, I think people lose sight of that and they think, well, if they don't think the way I do, then they're evil. And yeah. that's been such a difficult thing to overcome. Right. And like you said, you can look at all these charts and see there's multiple energies affecting these people, just like you and I, and they're doing the best they can. At least I like to think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But what's really interesting is the Capricorn energy, just because I think so much of what COVID did was illuminate to the for those of us in medicine, we could see, we, we've known the constraints and the difficulties of the healthcare system. It is a beast. It is bigger than any of us and no one person or one thing um, can, it's, it's, you know, this complicated web. So one thing, it's not fixing one thing, it's gonna fix the whole thing. And I, I don't know that most people in the US had any understanding of how complex and how you know, the corruption that was woven into it and the influence of certain like big pharma and some other uh, groups. And I think all of that kind of came to light. I think Pluto's being there is like, okay, we got to shake things up from the ground up so that people have to know what is going on. So I think that's really a good thing. I think that is very much a good thing because the system, it really constrains people who do have a good heart and do want to go into it for a good reason. Right. Yeah, that was the, the thing that really kind of, it was, it was hard to see that throughout the early pandemic. I would see uh, this particular video from a new nurse who heard they needed doctors in New York or they needed nurses in New York. So she went and took the job and, and then she she did like this hidden camera, like she recorded what they were doing, and it was totally like she she knew she was going to kill people if she did what they told her to do, like put them on respirator, do this, do that. Like I don't know all the details now, but there was a video of her, and there was a few like that that is like this person who generally went there to help, but for whatever reason the protocol was not helping, mm-hmm. and she tried to like tell her superiors, and they didn't they didn't listen and. Said just do the protocol. Um, so there was a lot of that kind of stuff. And then those videos are like deleted and hard to find after that. And, and but but if that would have happened 10 years ago, there wasn't it wasn't very easy to share that kind of video, even on YouTube. But I think we're in a time now where it's like the technology's here, so it's very easy if there is something in the foundation that is corrupt or could be improved. For whatever reason that that was the case, whether it was some sort of conspiracy or mm-hmm. just malpractice, mm-hmm. or mistake or whatever, uh, like it should be, there should be a space to just talk about it and just say like, hold on, why are we doing this? Is there something we can prove here? Uh, or, or no, that's why we did it this way. You're wrong here, you know? Uh, and I think that the U, like 
you're saying like we're in this time where the U.S. had a foundation in 1776 that we've been building on, and most civilizations don't make it past 250 years, which is about the Pluto cycle. So we are ripe for some sort of restructuring Change. of the U.S. And mm -hmm. this is all part of the process, really. Well, and if that nurse, if that video had been posted, I would argue 10 years ago, I don't think people would have cared. Mm. I think COVID brought, um, it, all of a sudden it was relevant to people. Right. Now it was on their radar to say, oh, I need to care about this because I have a grandmother or I have my husband or what have you. And um, so I think it became relevant and it, again it's so complicated and there's so much government oversight and influence from um, all kinds of things in the medical system and i think it's good it's, it's a good example of how um of the good things and the corrupt things that are going on with the government so it makes sense to me because i remember you know looking at astrology not vedic astrology but studying astrology before 2020 and being aware that something was going to come and a lot of people are saying oh it's going to be a big war it's going to be this and that and it just shows you you can see trends and you can see themes coming but the details of it sometimes aren't crystal clear um, and then in retrospect you can really see how it's all playing out right yeah, I, I felt something coming around 2018, but I thought it would have been a war. I thought it was going to be like mm -hmm. some sort of, oh, like another Middle East thing, because that's what it was last time. Um, but I didn't go back far enough in the research. But yeah, this is great to just look back and we can see some of the patterns more clearly. We can see some of the energies at play and hopefully learn from it a little bit. And you know, my hope in sharing this too with you today is just to uh soften the, the perspective a little bit around the, the culture war stuff especially because i think that is kind of the one of the more challenging things that have come out of the last like 10 years or so i think since like the is it the neptune transit uh, the i think it was the uranus transit in aries is that's the one that's been like mm -hmm. Uranus and Neptune both, I, I, th those have been like big shifts in the culture and society that have, uh, like since like 2008, like the U.S. culture has changed a lot. And then now the structures with the Pluto transit in the next 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. So you know, hopefully, you know, this uh, gives a little more perspective because you know, one of the negative things with things like Twitter and social media is things have to get reduced to like one quick sentence mm -hmm. and usually it's got to have a lot of like emotion and bold statement for it to get out and most people see it and that is you know not not the whole it's never going to be the whole picture with that kind of stuff mm -hmm. no and i think all of these energies so the thing that astrology really helps me with is to know that these energies are out there influencing our individual charts and then the weather the transits around us are influencing all of us and if if i know that it helps to not be as reactive to it because it's not there to create a culture war it's there to raise awareness and then find a balance with it and make change in a healthy way and i think as individuals that's we can be aware of that and maybe possibly react a little bit differently
totally. Yeah, well, thank you for taking the time to talk today. It's been great having you here and thanks great for inviting me. Not so scary, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my first podcast. So. <laughs> well, so. thank you for all you do. You're a wonderful teacher and your, um, your mentorship program one and two have been, I'm in the second one now, as you mentioned, is been really wonderful. You're just such a good teacher. You're so patient and break down complex information in such a digest digestible way. So anybody listening, I would totally encourage you to sign up for his mentorship. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you. If you want to reach out to Heather, you can send me a note on my website in the contact form. She doesn't have a website yet, but she is doing readings and it's kind of building up some momentum pretty quickly because she's very good. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, just send me a, a an email, uh, quietmindastrology.com, click on the contact form and say you're interested in reading with Heather and I'll put you in contact with her and you can set it up from there. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast.